welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Let It Out With Me. I'm your host, Katie Dalebout. And today on the podcast, I have Ash. Gosh, she is the real deal, you guys. I recorded this episode one evening this fall. It was cold, and I've been running around the city all day recording episodes. And I walk into her apartment in New York City where she was staying, and she makes me a beautiful tea blend. And we sit down on the couch and get super cozy, and we ate kava chocolate and talked about her entire life story, how she started doing soul tattoos and what that even is, what that means, what she's doing next, why she moved to New York, her time growing up and how close she was with her grandmother in the South and now what she's doing. And she's just someone who you walk in and you want to be around. She's like this fairy who's so joyful yet smart and grounded and beautiful and artistic and creative and so talented and you're going to hear all of that in this episode. She's traveling right now. She left New York City recently after being here for a really long time and starting her work here and now her home base is San Francisco where she's doing her residency but she's frequently doing residencies in other places so sign up for her newsletter list on her website so you can get all the updates she just texted me that she has a lot of things coming up but they're still in seed form so they're too early to mention so just keep in touch with her on instagram is probably the best place and just get obsessed with her you will after you hear from her in this episode i want to get right to it as quickly as possible but first i want to thank the sponsors and before i thank the sponsors i want to thank you for listening If you're new, I hope you continue to listen and you go back into the archives of over 200 episodes of this podcast and check it out. See what I do here. They're just really organic, long-form conversations with people that I find interesting and want to know more about. I love doing this podcast so much because I get to meet the coolest people through the people that listen to the podcast when we have meetups and live episodes and through the people who are guests. So thank you so much for letting me do this. It's the second to last episode of the year for this podcast, and I'm excited for 2018. I'm excited for change and growth and expansion. I'm excited for more time. I'm excited for resting. I'm excited for making things and being creative. What are you excited for? Let me know. What are you hoping to accomplish and achieve? I want to know. I hope that your travels for the holidays are going well. I hope that you have a peaceful holiday season, whatever that means. Whether you're around family, I hope that that is peaceful and calm and loving and uplifting. Those are all things that I hope for and can only hope for around my family doesn't always happen (laughs) frequently doesn't happen but I think the only thing I can control is how I react to those experiences and I hope that I react calmly and happily and there's joy within that and I hope that for all of you guys too and if you are spending time alone or with friends lucky (laughs) Um, no, you're lucky to be spending time with your family, with your friends, whoever you're with, alone, 
whatever you're doing. I hope you enjoy it and you get out of it whatever you had hoped. And I hope this episode gives you a little bit of comfort. Okay, well, I'll just leave it there. And here are the sponsors that I want to thank that I'm so grateful for allowing the show to be made possible by these brands that I genuinely love so much. First up is Juice Beauty. I had the founder, Karen, on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And I have become obsessed with these plant pigmented products. Their skincare line is made of only natural ingredients, organic ingredients that make your skin feel amazing. And I genuinely use them. I wash my face every night with the green apple cleanser and knock on wood, my skin has been really great. And their makeup, I love so much. I use their powder. It's like you're not wearing any makeup at all. I love their lip products. Everything is pigmented with plants and it feels luxurious, but you know you're not using anything synthetic and it actually works well. Everything is certified organic from farms, mostly in California. And the makeup actually nourishes your skin, which is really rare for makeup. Gwyneth Paltrow is their creative director of their makeup and you know her skin's amazing so anyway everything is vegan everything is organic which is crazy so many skincare lines use really scary ingredients so it's nice to know that what you're putting on your skin our largest organ is actually really healthy and wonderful i also want to thank juice beauty for giving you guys a discount code if you are listening to this podcast, you can go to juicebeauty.com slash let it out for 15% off your order. You don't even need a code. Juicebeauty.com slash let it out for 15% off your order. Support the sponsors, support the podcast, support the work that I'm doing. That means so much to me and I genuinely love Juice Beauty. So thank you so much. Also, this week, Bob's Red Mill is also a sponsor. And you guys, what perfect timing to have this company that makes the best gluten-free and paleo flours and vegan products. And they're really, really great. And I've been actually going through their website before I was recording this to kind of shout out some of my favorite products. And their granola is really good. They have gluten-free granola that I've had before that I love. And I use all of their flowers, their flaxseed. But what's cool on their website is that I'm noticing right now there are all these cool recipes, gluten-free orange almond pear cake, winter lentil salad, gluten-free gingerbread cookie dough bites. Oh my God, these look so good. Anyway, go check out their website because, I don't know, I want to make all of these recipes. I think they're user-generated. And then I went down this wormhole with Bob's Red Mill, and I started to meet Bob and his wife, Charlie. And you guys, they've been doing this since 1952. Oh, no, no, no. They met in 1952. They're so cute. You can see their photo on the website. They, They look really old and really lovely, and they're baking. So anyway, go check that out. You probably already use their products. I do. I've been using them for years. And you might as well use our discount code. So if you want to get 25% off your order, use the code LETITOUT at checkout. That's LETITOUT, no spaces, for 25% off your order. They have the best gluten-free products, no cross-contamination. So if you have celiac or know someone who does, make sure you get your products here. Everything is the highest quality and minimally processed on their stone mill in Oregon. 
Very cool. Thank you so much, Bob's Red Mill, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, here's my conversation with Ash. I know you're really going to love it. I'm so happy I'm here. Well, for everyone listening, I've been like running around the city today. I just did, I had three interviews this weekend, one yesterday and then two today. And it's so perfect to be ending with one that just like feels so cozy. And I've been Mm -hmm. excited to talk to you and get to know you for months now since we connected. And I emailed you and then I met you briefly at Minka and now I'm here. And so thank you for doing this. It's perfect timing too. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it all worked out amazing. Mm -hmm. So I've been loving starting this podcast in the present before we get mm-hmm. to you and your work and your story and soul tattoos and your future. Mm-hmm. In the present, what have you been contemplating, realizing, learning, mm-hmm. thinking about today or in the last week or month? What's mm-hmm. been on your mind, basically? Well, I've been really focused on integrating Mm. Um, it's been a month since I left New York and now I'm back only a month and it's I feel like I've been so much has happened I've been going through so many amazing transformations had so many beautiful experiences so much expansion over the past month and I'm back and now trying to just integrate and bring the grounding and expansion that I found back into like this hustle and bustle and energy of the city so just bringing forth all of the self-care practices that I've been doing um yeah really trying to just find peace in the present moment yeah let's let's talk about New York and the city so you grew up in Florida Mm-hmm. Fort Myers, you said? Fort Myers and also New Orleans. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And then you went, there's so many places we could start, but mm-hmm. I think we'll, we'll kind of go back. You went to college in at the um, Savannah College of Art and Design, I read. Mm-hmm. Did you always know that you wanted to go to art school? Yeah. Yeah, I think since I was a kid. Yeah. Were you always artistic and doing mm-hmm. art things what was what was growing Always. up in Florida like um hmm. <laughs> well not to go too much into my childhood I spent... no please do this <laughs> show is called let it out or as much as you're comfortable with and yeah. I meant to tell you this before just speak freely and I can edit out and okay, if okay. you say something that you don't want to say tell me later <laughs> or whatever just pretend like okay. it's just us it is um, but you know what I mean Well, I grew up in kind of a traumatic household. My parents were really young when they had me, and I lived mostly with my grandmother, and she was just a magical creature. She worked with plants, she read tarot, basically the same things that I do. Um, And she really, really encouraged me to express myself creatively, so we were always doing lots of fun projects, so much painting, like taking photos um ceramics (laughs) we would always turn her garage or her entire living room into like a giant art studio so just yeah playing with flowers that really shaped me and I found so much comfort and safety in that expression so I just continued it always 
Wow. It sounds like that part of your childhood was really magical. So and magical. Beautiful. <laughs> were your parents around? Or? Um, not too much. I lived kind of in between, like, from ages, like, when I was really young until I was, like, seven. I would spend maybe, like, every other weekend with my dad, and then I would spend some weekdays with my mom, but I would spend mostly, like, summers and winters with my grandmother. Yeah. So most of the time I spent with her, and I lived at her house mostly, even though I was, like, bouncing around. Was your mom living with her as well, or was she living Um, Briefly. This is my dad's grandmother, or my dad's oh, mom, mm-hmm. but um, we, like, all lived together at one point, too, in her house. Yeah. And then your parents split up? Mm-hmm, when I was five. Okay. So did you have brothers and sisters? I have brothers and sisters now, but I didn't from like my mom and my dad I'm the only one um I had when I was eight my brother was born and then my so mom, your parents remarried or mm-hmm, yeah or? my mom remarried um she had two sons um from her second marriage so I have my brothers and I are eight and 18 years apart wow. <laughs> which is pretty crazy but um it's also really beautiful because yeah. I get to have, with my youngest sibling, I can have kind of like a like second mother or like fun aunt kind of relationship yeah, totally. more than like sister. Yeah. Are you close with your parents and now siblings? Um, not too close. I'm closer to my mom and my siblings now. Um, yeah. Now that I'm a little older, we're all a little older. Yeah. Um, and I get to have like a now that my brothers are older we can have more of a relationship yeah then you said you were in new orleans for a period of time Mm -hmm. what brought you guys there um my grandma yeah we she um was her like fiance boyfriend um owned a bunch of like restaurants and clubs there and we lived there and had a really beautiful like french quarter luxurious little life wow. <laughs> what was what were the ages for that um i was like four to seven ish off oh, and wow. on so we would just walk around the french quarters eat beignets wear flower crowns was that <laughs> wow that's so beautiful and cool was that artistically inspiring to oh, you in yeah. your work that's so inspiring the energy of new orleans is so powerful so magical you can I've feel never been. oh my gosh you have to go it's you can feel the spirit there like in just in the 3D, like That's in what I've heard. being grounded and present in your body, you can still feel the magic. Um, it's also like that small bee heat makes it like really easy to connect yeah. to that energy. Um, just really, yeah, really magical, really creative. The music there is amazing, so inspiring. Would you ever want to live there? Um... Probably not. I kind of always thought that when I was like in my 40s, 50s, I would like go live in New Orleans, but it's a pretty small town. It's really humid. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good, the best place for work. There's like most jobs are like in the tourism like industry. I'm not sure yeah. like what the spiritual community is like beyond yeah. like psychics and mediums. Yeah. So. So your grandmother was this beautiful influence on you, Mm -hmm. and 
she how did she get into tarot and everything spiritual and plant medicine I don't really know honestly because it was just a part of my life from growing from you know from since I can remember so I never really questioned it um and she died when I was 18 and when I was a teenager I didn't really care too much to ask all these questions but she um in Florida worked on the beautification committee for our town so she like like did gardening landscaping like made the town beautiful basically and um she like polished crystals in her garage these are just like all her hobbies this sounds so cool (laughs) she was really cool wow so you're very close with your grandmother Mm -hmm. she raised you you went to new orleans for a period of time then you're you're back in florida Mm -hmm. you're in high school did you as kids do in high school did you kind of move away from the spiritual Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing like thinking it wasn't cool um i didn't think that it wasn't cool i was kind of under a lot of pressure from my mom and in high school in high school and I ended up kind of going down a path of a lot of drugs and alcohol as teenagers do do. (laughs) yeah and I still had like despite that I knew that I had these gifts like I have always known that I've had these gifts and I think I they scared me a lot when I was younger so you know going down that path of substances substances helped me to like close off those channels and and numb the the fear yeah so you're you're in high school you have these gifts you're aware of them but you're really not using them in any way Mm -mm. but you're focused on art is that Uh, was that yeah I was I was always creating um not as much as I should have been or wanted to but yeah art was always a passion did you know you wanted to after high school go to art school yeah yeah definitely I only applied to one school and it was SCAD what was so that's like a very amazing art school from from what I know about Mm -hmm. it what was that experience like you know getting into the school that Um, you wanted to yeah what was college like um I actually ended up dropping out when my grandma died because I then went down the um the spiral of grief and I moved to LA and I went to fashion school for a little bit um but that's also when my channels started to open up and I started to really focus on my spirituality and my own inner healing and, you know, practice the tarot and do all of that. So when she died, I read that you inherited her tarot cards Mm -hmm. and a lot of things from her before she was it unexpected when she died oh yeah it was not unexpected to her she's also a very amazing psychic healer woman um but it definitely was really really shocking to me was she sick or she wasn't really sick she suffered from a lot of chronic pain Mm. um a lot of like unhealed wounds 
but there was never like anything wrong with her that they could yeah. find ever yeah. like she had been so it I was guess, sudden yeah she had been like in and out of doctors you know dealing with her pain for a few years but she was only 59 so she was very very young 59 <laughs> yeah oh my goodness i'm so sorry thank you so when that happened were you guys still really close you obviously weren't living mm-hmm. in florida anymore yeah, what I was, was in Georgia, and she actually moved to North Carolina in the mountains her last, like, two years oh, cool. of life. So she was kind of, like, living Asheville? Um, yeah. outside Asheville in this, cool. like, little tiny town Another place called Franklin. Asheville's mm-hmm. amazing. I love it. Um, but she was, like, just living on a mountain with, like, deer and hummingbirds and <laughs> all her dreams. She sounds so cool. <laughs> she was so cool. Um, and... Yeah, she just, I, I think that she always wanted to live alone. She always wanted to live, like, in the wilderness. She was so sick of Florida heat. <laughs> so she moved up there. And so our relationship kind of became a little bit more distant. I would talk to her on the phone, like, every single day. But wow. um, we didn't see each other as often. Yeah. I probably saw her, like, twice a year. Wow. So you're talking to her every day. She's obviously this huge influence in your life. And Mm -hmm. then you find out that she died. Mm -hmm. What was that? Can you talk about that and what that was emotionally for you? Well, it was pretty wild. She, So it happened actually my freshman year of college. And she had moved me into like my dorm, Mm -hmm. did all, you know, the cute stuff and Um, got me all set up and situated and then I was supposed to go um, so she was really like a mom in your life and around the age that some moms are yeah because my parents had me so young she was actually like the age of most of my friends yeah how old were your parents um they were my mom was 20 when she had me so pretty young yeah um what do I say um so she moves you into your dorm yeah yeah um so I, was, I feel very nosy during this podcast, but this is just, is this okay? Yeah, I mean, I don't normally talk about this stuff, but... Um, That's why I love this podcast, because I feel like I can just, like, get to ask all the things I'm curious and, like, mm-hmm. really get such an intimate picture of someone's yeah. full... It's, this is a it's love beautiful. letter to you, so... Um, so I was supposed to go have Thanksgiving like holiday break with her um at my school you the like holiday break was from thanksgiving until january it was really long so i was gonna go spend the whole time with her in north carolina my mom um wouldn't have that Mm -hmm. (laughs) she basically threatened me to come home and so i didn't get to see my grandma and as soon as i drove home um like a couple days later I think it was like on Thanksgiving she called me and she was like just want to let you know I changed my will so you can have everything and I'm sending you like this cool leather jacket which is actually on the back of the chair there oh my gosh she's like I'm sending you my leather jacket very cool leather jacket it's really cool (laughs) she's like I'm sending you the leather jacket let me know when you get it some other things like whatever like very casual and I'm like okay this is like a weird conversation but cool and then I that was the last time I talked to her and then she passed I think two weeks later or maybe like a week and a half it was like 
10 days before her 60th birthday and she had always said that she will never be old (laughs) she had this thing against like getting old she refused to be old Um, but she definitely knew and she died very peacefully she something happened to her heart but she was like in the movie theater with her friends like seeing a movie and wow and she just stopped breathing wow oh man that must have just been such a jarring experience for you also you're you know basically a child Mm -hmm. at that time and you're alone in college so what what happened next what how did you handle that emotionally I was home in Florida with my mom because it was the holidays and my aunt called me and so we flew to Asheville that's where that was like the closest like big hospital Mm -hmm. so we flew to Asheville and they didn't really know um if she was gonna make it or not like she wasn't like pronounced dead they were still trying to like revive her like see what's happening it was a very like dreamlike experience I felt very disconnected like from my physical self during that whole time and it was the first time I'd seen my dad in probably like three years wow um so that was it was like a reunion of all my family like a bunch of family members were there it was like a reunion my grandma's dying. My mom and dad are in the same room together for the first time in like wow. a million years. Yeah, that's always, I always say that. Like, like you know, something big is happening yeah. when my parents are in the same room. Exactly. Um, yeah, and like in a hospital. The last time I was in a hospital before that was like, don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when so someone was born. Probably. Was your dad close with your grandma? Um, Not particularly um he had like a strong grudge against her Mm. because um he didn't have a relationship with his father because Mm. she basically like to my grandfather said like you're not allowed to see your kids ever again because he was like very abusive Mm. and um so she he had this kind of grudge like you didn't let me have a relationship with my dad like blah 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 so kind of always had this like block between like allowing her in but she was I mean she was like such an amazing person amazing mother amazing grandmother but you know it wasn't always received yeah so he's at the hospital Mm -hmm. his sister your mom and you guys don't really know what's going to happen how are you feeling and, and what happens next um, what happens next is I am just not really in my body. I'm not really knowing what's happening. It's just like a really intense trauma um, feeling. And it's pretty late at night, like when we got there, because we had gotten the call at like like sometime in the morning. Um, and then we had to obviously like go to the airport, get on a flight. Yeah. When we get there, it's like kind of late. So they like tell us to go home, like get some sleep, whatever. So my dad gives me a sleeping pill, actually, because I was so, like, anxious. just, like, yeah, yeah, anxious and having a really hard time, like, coping and just, mm-hmm. like, functioning. So I start kind of tripping from the sleeping pill because I had never had one before. And, oh, my God. Um, I'm, like, just, like, in a trance. So one hour later, probably, maybe two hours later, they call us to come back. So I'm, like, actually, like, just functioning, like, on this, like, sleeping pill oh through God. the hospital and... 
and the rest was like just such a haze because I was like yeah Yeah. (laughs) and yeah but yeah she just did you get to see her before yeah yeah I got to see her like in the hospital was she aware or no no she wasn't aware like by the time we had gotten to the hospital but I they allowed me to like have some time with her and connect to her which was really hard for me to do but um I still like took that like sacred time with her yeah. and then the next day it was like all right here's her will you have everything like wow. do you want her car like what do you want to do with the house and wow. I'm like and then like her like IRA like all these things I'm like wow. 18 like what what wow. <laughs> do I do My did she have other now. grandchildren she did but I was like her baby yeah like, of she course. raised me so. yeah so was that experience of inheriting all of that challenging, like family-wise, and for you oh, to yeah, yeah. to deal? Did you have help? Like that's a lot to deal with as an eighteen-year-old. Um, no, a lot of my family members sort of shut me out because of like jealousy that they didn't get anything. You know, yeah, like how people can be in those types of situations, and um, so. Yeah, I kind of, I just figured it I out. I used the money and I was like, peace out. I'm going as far away as I can. I went to California yeah. and, and tried to like just start my life. Why did you choose California? Um, Because, I mean, I had never been to California. Oh, I went to San Francisco when I was younger, but I had never been to LA. And that's mm-hmm. where I moved. And I basically went because it was sunny and warm and far away. Yeah. <laughs> So. Did you, at that point when she passed, how were you dealing with the grief? Physically, emotionally, when you got to LA, um, were you dealing with it? Were you just coping? In typical Taurus fashion, I was channeling all of my emotion into work Yeah. and school. So oh, I was yeah. going to school full-time, working full-time, basically like... What were you doing? I was working um, at Nicole Miller. Mm-hmm and going to fashion school and just seeing what that world was like didn't like it only lasted nine months in LA yeah but it was nine months of processing my grief yeah how were you doing that were you in therapy were you like journaling meditating did you get more into the spiritual stuff yeah it really tarot tarot really really helped me to process a lot music helped me um writing but I didn't really have, I didn't have a lot of friends out there. I yeah. didn't have a community. I didn't really connect with anyone at my school. So I was kind of just very internal and um, kind of like going into like a deep hermit mode and just yeah. trying to, you know, figure out like what my, what to do next. Had you used tarot before? Um, not really. I had grown up with it. so I Did like, she teach you? No, she would kind of teach me when I was younger like just like show me how to do it but not really go too much into it um I wasn't like I would sit in her den and like play with them for hours but I wasn't like super interested interested in like learning mm-hmm. um but I always felt like this connection to the cards so how did you learn did you just teach yourself yeah basically wow. um I mean, my connection to my grandmother really helped. I feel that she, I mean... She taught you after she died. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
okay, so you're you're in LA, you're basically by yourself, you're processing this, mm-hmm. and you're starting to get into tarot a little bit, and you're working in fashion, studying fashion, you realize that world isn't right for you, what, what do you do next? Is that when, <laughs> yeah. Then I basically um, started going on tour at Stevie Nicks. Like, what? <laughs> not with her, but following her. Like I was a Stevie Nicks groupie. Oh I my went. God, that is so <laughs> cool. Stevie actually really helped me process my grief. So when you say music, you say the yeah. magic of Stevie Nicks. The magic of Stevie Nicks. You just got like <laughs> ten times cooler. I'm first of all, I'm having a great time. <laughs> I just want to say that my tea is very cozy. I feel so happy just like learning about your story. So that's just self-serving for me. Thank you. Okay, so you you what does it mean? So you is this? I'm envisioning almost famous. So are you not quite as glamorous? Okay. The Stevie community is a a little like dramatic and, okay <laughs> and intense but also How so? so um i mean when you're just traveling around with a bunch of like you know stevie nicks groupies like dressed in black velvet and like loving like you know m- mysticism and witchcraft and, yeah. and music it's just a lot of energy so how are you, are you supporting yourself mainly on, you saved some money while you were in mm-hmm. L.A. working, yeah. and then... Yeah, because I didn't do anything. I basically just worked and went to school. My school was, like, paid for. I took yeah. out, like, a student loan, so... So you, how long did you do the touring? Where did you go, and who did um, you meet? Do you have good stories? <laughs> Tell me everything. Well, mm, well, I met so many different people so many different kinds of people from all over the country um I continued to do this until after I moved to New York like I was doing this from age like mm, like 20 probably until I was like 23 or 22 so what does it mean so you're basically like going on tour going to all the different shows Mm -hmm. so are you like buying a ticket for each show some Sometimes I bought tickets, sometimes mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes people bought tickets for me or I had a lot of because I was like so immersed in this community, I had friends who were connected to the band or you know, and working in music, working in venues. So cool. So it was really <laughs> like it, it's a total community. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to meet her? Um, I had interactions with her. She's very um untouchable yeah but i met lindsey buckingham <laughs> oh cool who's that from fleetwood mac oh yeah. cool yeah wow wow okay so any like main story or takeaway from um, some of the where are some of the places that you went one of my favorite stevie shows was um actually two of my favorite stevie shows are both in san francisco and one was we called like me and my Stevie friends, we would call Stevie Ween, and it was basically like a private Halloween show for this, this. Oh, I think cool. he was like a furniture designer, like interior designer or something. He basically, like, hired Stevie Nicks for. I'm not really sure actually what it was, but everyone was dressed up as a witch. Um, that's the night Stevie Nicks called me a pretty witch, and that was, like, the highlight of my life, obviously. And um, that was, like, a really small 
fun. Like it was like in the streets in like a giant tent. So, so that was cool. Like a really cool way to see. So how do you someone. get into a show like that if someone? Um, that I bought a ticket for. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> All right, so, you, so you're going on tour with her, mm-hmm. and at some point you decide to move to New York City. Why New York, yeah. and how does that Well, happen? I always knew that I would live in New York, but I wasn't quite ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to New York after the summer, after I turned 21, and I was working in fashion I was working for Stonefox Bride Do you know oh, yeah <laughs> I was like their um veil designer wow maybe. that's really cool <laughs> was it a good experience no I've heard yeah I've heard that <laughs> it was um a really it was medicine for me it was yeah. a really it was kind of a traumatic experience mm. that was like when I kind of decided that I was never going to work in fashion again. I never did. And I did learn a lot. And I was able to still, like, go and tour at Fleet Mac and then, like, come back and have my job. So that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay, so you, you realize that your time there, it's not what you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Very cool that you were the veil designer for Stone Fox Ride, though. And <laughs> you realize that you want to do something else. So. Yeah. Is that when you do you get another job? Is that when you decide? Yeah, that's to... when I started working with flowers. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. So I was a florist for like three and a half years, maybe. Wow. Four years, I'm not sure. Wow. But, um, yeah. So where were you living in New York when you first landed here? Um, all my friends' couches, and then Park Slope. Cool. Mm-hmm. I always talk about New York on this podcast. So what was you know, Ruby Warrington, do you know her? Mm-hmm. She told me once that New York feels so magical, which I really think it does, mm-hmm. because it's built on a crystal. Have you heard that? No. Yeah. <laughs> she she told me more things about it. I've been repeating this fact without, like, the actual fact for a lot. But, yeah, New York is built on a crystal, apparently, which is, and I think is so magical. Like, I, my favorite thing about New York is, like, running into people on the street, and it feels like you're in a movie. And it's, yeah. I've run into Ruby three times, just, like, randomly around the city. So it feel, yeah, feels very magical. That does happen a lot. Yeah. There is, there are a lot of synchronistic moments here. You have to definitely consciously be more aware, though, because most people running around in New York are not really in their bodies. Yeah. They're very, they're in their heads having anxiety um but when you are aware and moving more consciously like through the hustle and bustle you can see the magic a lot more clearly so were you aware when you were first moving were you when I first moved here I was definitely like whoa this is magic this is so cool I live in New York City then not so much for a few years I definitely got you know trapped into the hustle yeah working three four jobs you know doing all the things yeah um yeah when I quit my job all my jobs to do this practice I'm doing now that's when my life really changed yeah okay so let's let's get to that so Mm -hmm. you're working in flowers for for five years like three or three or four years Mm -hmm. okay so at different flower shops what are you doing with flowers do you like that time period I really enjoyed it it's a very um grounding job for the most part 
when you're when you're actually working with the flowers people think like when you're a florist you just work with flowers all day but it actually is a lot of cleaning a lot of organizing yeah. a lot of carrying buckets of flowers around processing flowers but the time that you're actually creating with them is really grounding and really beautiful so I loved it I was good at it I was doing freelance floral work for like a bunch of different floral companies and then I worked on and off with um this flower shop called stems in brooklyn um it was there for a while and that was the full-time job i quit to start soul tattooing so cool okay so while you're working in new york at these other jobs are you still doing tarot for other mm-hmm. people do you start seeing clients during that time yeah i'm throughout all it like throughout the start of like my new york career i was reading tarot so I would read tarot at bars, restaurants, private events, parties, like cool. all the all the things, pop-ups. Cool. So it was always like a side thing for yeah, you. Yeah. And so then hustle. at a certain point, you're like, I want to make this my full-time thing? Um, it was the tattooing that that became... The, the tarot is like just like a, a side part of the yeah. tattooing. The, the tattoo work is what I felt like I purposely needed to be more immersed yeah. in. So I think I'm, I feel like I'm bearing the lead here. So talk about soul tattooing. So you're you're a tarot reader, you are doing these other jobs, and then how does soul tattooing mm. come into it? How do you get okay. this idea? It's actually really magical. Um, I had been tattooing for a few years, but just, like, on the side, like, I would do with my friends and friends of friends, and then, like... How did you learn how to do that? I, one day, my best friend invited me over, and she got a stick-and-poke kit from her work. She was, like, working at this store in Soho, and um, I went over to her place. We tattooed each other, and the moment I started doing it, it just felt so easy and natural and it was the first time that I, I feel did. like I'd be so anxious I wasn't at all at all I I knew in that moment with the needle that I had done it before and it was the first wow. time I ever had that sort of like past life kind of cool. experience or connection so I was doing it just like for fun not really making money from it but immediately I, I got press though like I don't know how it just started happening and yeah I was kind of like the universe nudging me to step yeah. more into it because I had never like gotten pressed with anything else and but I didn't really take it too seriously I was still like trying to really what was the press what was the... it was actually refinery 29 but it was like one sentence with like it's an article with a bunch of other hand-poked artists mm-hmm. really cute article and so it was just like a couple sentences with like a photo from my Instagram just saying that you are someone who does it was it about soul tattoos or just about just, stick and poke just stick and poke it was like why do you like this work or why do you like Very hand poking cool. versus the machine or something like that it's so funny that you felt so not funny it's really just cool that you felt so comfortable immediately and so, something you just know must be right I mean I'm terrified to draw on someone with like a permanent marker <laughs> so like yeah I don't it was like sort of was like a meditative process for me and yeah. still is sometimes like obviously I have to be really embodied with it because I have to be present while I'm putting a needle in someone's skin but yeah um it feels very mindful 
Yeah, so you um, get this press, and yeah. you're, like, nudged in the direction to keep going. Mm-hmm. And then, actually, last November, so it's only been a year in, like, a couple of days, um, I, my friend told me to, like, go to this message circle with this medium. I was kind of, like, in a weird place where I didn't really feel super grounded and comfortable in my job anymore I loved the company and everything but it just didn't feel completely in alignment with me and so I went to this message circle and which is like a gathering with a medium there were I think like four other girls there um, I go. it was so cool it was at this place called um oh, I don't remember what it was called but it was on orchard and it just oh flow life it just closed, no. though. They, like, moved to Florida. No. Oh, that's... It was so magical, though. They have the best crystals and everything. Oh, man. I want to go to a medium circle. So they just kind of tell you what you need to know? Yeah, <laughs> so she kind of just, like, opens the space for anyone to come through. And my grandma right away was like, all right, I'm here. Here I am. <laughs> and almost the whole time, like, I think it was, like, a two-hour-long thing. And most of the time my grandma was talking to me wow um it was really like through the medium through the medium yeah just giving me messages she was just speaking in like such a beautiful like symbolic language that only I could really understand and she kept talking about like the tattoos the tattoos and I was like and then this the medium was like what do you do and I was like oh well I read tarot I work at a flower shop I do tattoos I do like a million things I'm a photographer yeah and then when I said tattoo she stopped me and was like this is your purpose or something like that like this is what you need to pursue right now and I was like what and it helped you get that focus because yeah. it sounded like you were kind of jack of all trades mm-hmm. master of none at the exactly. time exactly I was doing so many things with no focus and then in that moment I just heard soul tattoos come to me and I didn't even know what that meant what it looked like like what is a soul tattoo and then the next day I quit my job. <laughs> and I have like full body chills. <laughs> it was so magical. I can't really put into words the experience that really um, led me down a deep path of personal healing as well because I had suffered trauma like almost like many times throughout my life from a young child and you know my grandma's death and I had never had anyone hold space for me. I had never been to therapy. I had never done any sort of healing. I had never, like, beyond yoga, like, that's pretty much my spiritual practice. So I, the next week, I, like, had my first ever healing session, and I felt like all my channels just blew wide open and then like okay I'm I'm like a psychic again and (laughs) I'm an artist um it was I think she calls it soul sessions Nicole um Casanova do you know who that is I've heard of her she's really beautiful really amazing third or second person to tell me her name I think yeah I think her title that she calls herself is like soul architect and she uses she's here in New York Mm-hmm. in Brooklyn she uses um, Reiki and you do just like a meditation with her I think it probably is different for Everyone. you know each yeah. client but it, I 
through this healing, I connected with my grandmother in such a powerful way that I had never had before other than like in my dreams when she would like come and talk to me, but I felt like she was just there with me and I saw her and she was talking to me and and I I just reached where she was and was able to connect with her and it was so beautiful. I left and like started seeing her name everywhere like that night on my way What's home. What's her name? Dee. Dee. Which is like a random name. It's not like D-E. a super common. Mm-hmm. I saw her name like on a neon sign like as soon as I like walked out and just she was really guiding me towards this work. Like she was just telling me to like keep doing it, keep evolving, yeah. keep healing and keep, you know, because if you're going to be a healer, you have to focus on your own inner healing. Yeah. So... I, yeah, I went down a path of healing. I got my Reiki attunements and started doing um, soul tattoos at Minka. Yeah, how did you connect with Minka? That's a funny story, too. Um, Someone had emailed me, like a random person that I didn't know. I can't remember her name now. I can't even find the email now, but I swear it happened. (laughs) This girl emailed me and was like, my friend is opening like a wellness healing center in Lefferts. Um, You have to be a part of it, like teach workshops. Because I also previously rewind. um, One of my things that I was doing was teaching workshops through all of this. Um, What kind of workshops? Doing dream weaving workshops where I talk about like sacred symbolism and astrology numerology and we basically like make a dream catcher and like weave intention into it oh my god it's really fun i wanted that sounds (laughs) lovely (laughs) so she was like you should teach like these workshops at minka and i was like all right well i'm about to go out of the country for four months but when i get back where were you going um i was traveling around the world with an ex ex partner okay and (laughs) which is a whole other story but um so yeah, she told me to like connect when I got back, and as soon as I got back, and um, I started working back at the flower shop, and I started consciously like removing a lot from my life, a lot that was kind of blocking me from really moving forward and like finding clarity in my purpose. And um, I kept running into people, meeting people who worked there, like just all these signs, all mm-hmm. these people, and they had a holiday market. And I just decided to do tattoos there. I just cool. emailed Aki and was like, "Hey, like, I want to, I want to come to Minka." And she was like, "Great, like, cool. Can't wait to meet you." She's so chill. <laughs> She's and, so amazing. Yeah, yeah. And so I just I started taking clients there like right after that. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. What's most inspiring to me about your story is that speeding up of things that happens when you slow down slowed down enough to find clarity and listen to yourself Mm -hmm. and the universe and your grandmother and see the signs and actually start to be able to hear what your purpose was and then not only that but having the courage to move in that direction and I think that is like out of your head living and into your body living Mm -hmm. which like goes back to you know what I'm focused on what I think most of us need to focus on and I don't know what what would you maybe tell yourself a year ago 
Or, mm. like, does this story, you telling it out loud, maybe you haven't done this yet, like, does, because to me, like, it gives me chills, it inspires me so much to focus on, you know, I'm, I'm kind of where you were a few years ago, of like, doing a lot of things, but not that well, and kind of knowing intuitively, if I'm really honest with myself, where I want to focus, mm-hmm. but I haven't slowed down enough to listen to it, and even if I do slow down you have to have courage to listen I sound like I'm kind of being cryptic but do you know what I Mm -hmm. mean yeah it really takes taking time out for yourself yeah because we we aren't giving ourselves enough time we aren't spending enough time with ourselves we're constantly at work doing a million things seeing people in our free time like we're you know if, if we do have a moment of like chill time we are not being super conscious about it you know most people are trying to just tune out watch tv or be on their phones whatever it takes really grounding into your body and listening deeper yeah and and trusting what comes from that how did you know to do that and how did you remind yourself to do it I think I'm sort of a workaholic, so when I quit my job and I was just like, all right, whatever, I'm going to do soul tattoos. Like, I don't know what this message is. feel it in my bones. I don't know what it means, but I think it involves these things. I'm going to try it. Once I just stopped working so much and, and slowed down, I just, I just felt like myself again, and it all just came. Oh, my God. This is a, I just <laughs> said this to the last person I interviewed. These interviews are always such a mirror of where I am Mm -hmm. from what I ask and what comes up. And as soon as you said that, my whole body was just like, that's what I need to do. I just need to (laughs) slow down and create space. Somebody said this quote to me. I don't even remember who. Oh, the interview I did on Saturday. Someone said, "This this isn't her quote. I think she heard it from someone else, but... When you make space, the universe fills it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Isn't that a good one? Yeah, that's so good. Like, there's it's some so quotes that just, like, true. go right in. Yeah. yeah. She said that, and I, my face went, like, like this is an <laughs> audio podcast, but, like, my jaw dropped. Because, yeah, it's it's scary to make space. Mm-hmm. But when you, because you, you, it takes a lot of trust that it will get filled. Yeah, that's, yeah, trust and surrender. Yeah. And faith that you will align and be able to receive the things that want to come in wow oh my gosh okay I haven't looked at my notes one time we (laughs) covered a lot but let me I wrote down so many things I want to talk to you about so I I usually never read people's bios or talk about them at all on the on the podcast but yours really hit me hard and I actually Mm -hmm. wrote down a piece of it you say on your website that your work is geared towards identifying deep set patterns and energetic blocks that are not serving our higher purpose and how to shift those so that we may heal, honor our truth and align with our soul purpose and path. And now that I read that, like I said, I, I thought it was beautifully written and it's so interesting how you're that's completely from your own life story Mm. so do you find I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit in your own words and how do you help other people do that now through soul tattoos and the work Mm. you do now 
I mean, the core of that, that's just another way of saying what you said before, just like create space so the universe can feel it, fill it. Because we are, we hold so much in our bodies and we're not even aware of it um, energetically, emotionally. And by, you know, to identify those, we have to go really deep within ourselves. We have to do like the deep inner work. And most people are like, I don't have time for that or... I don't want to or you don't need to you know people are not you know consciously really doing that work all the time and but when you make the decision to do that then you are making the decision to change your life and through soul tattooing it's really um we do like spend a lot of time talking about like through the tarot and just channeling what comes through me and um see like what are your blocks what is blocking you is it the people in your life is it your job like anything toxic i call them like the devils like in tarot the devils are anything that's like holding you down and the first step is really identifying those so you can remove them so then we talk a lot about like what medicine you need and that's where like the plant medicines really come through for me in a powerful way and talk a lot about that and um just whatever medicine might help you create that space and help you align with your purpose when you say plant medicine what do you mean exactly um i mean the the plants themselves and what medicine um they contain you think about like spirit animals it's kind of the same thing but plants so flower essences or flower like... essences yeah just this symbolism and energy of the flowers i use a lot of flower essences in my ink and then um, i'll recommend like a series of like plants to work with to my clients a lot of times but a lot of times just the the flower that we use because flowers are probably in my tattoos like 95 percent of the time yeah. um just the medicine is like that symbol on your body is enough to to start that process because of the energetic properties of this work because I'm it's not just ink on skin it's also like a a light tattoo like it's an energetic imprint of that medicine um this is so cool (laughs) okay so to me this is such an innovative idea like there's so many healing modalities Mm -hmm. and there's so many healers out there in the world which I think is great some but I don't want to say better than others but I think some more skilled and more empathetic than others and but I think that this is such to to me you're the only tattoo soul tattoo artist that I've ever Mm -hmm. encountered and the only one I think that exists um there aren't many people doing this work, but it isn't really, it seems and appears innovated to this timeline that we're living in, but it actually is such an ancient practice. The art of tattooing is so old, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I think the first like recorded or the first tattoo that in like in history that is known was like 12,000 BC or something. Like it's such an ancient art. And then before that, you know like what do we not know like about yeah. the origins of it right. and um you know i believe the origins of tattooing are galactic but um in how it's performed as we know it with like ink in 
poking it like into your body it goes back a really really long time um and it was used as medicine it's in the same way I'm doing now is how it's always been practiced it's just not how tattooing is used in our modern society and it in ancient times it was used as as a ritual art yeah how do you think that that got got changed and I wanted to talk about the tattoo industry and you know Mm -hmm. changing the narrative around the experience of getting a tattoo which can be really jarring for people and not positive for people depending on where they go and and Mm -hmm. what the experience is like so I know that that's part of you know your your mission and your work can you talk about the tattoo industry as a whole yeah I mean the tattoo industry definitely has it's such a new industry in the way that it stands now like it hasn't even been legal for that long people really? don't really think about that and the tattoo machine was invented in like like late 1800s early 1900s or something so the machine itself is like a more modern invention mm-hmm. and um it um it just turned more into a novelty and became a very masculine industry when really the origins of this work is very feminine. It's in ancient Egypt. This is like my favorite story of tattooing ever. Um, in ancient Egypt, the like seers, the female seers would perform this work um, as like a ritual art in tattooing most tattooing only women like only the women worked with this and they would tattoo women's like womb spaces and like inner thighs to um protect with like childbirth sex cramps like just the process of being a woman so that is so badass so badass so powerful it's like such a powerful feminine art and now it's like it's it's so masculine yeah and there's because it's such a new industry there is a lot of like gray area around it like so many tattoo artists aren't even licensed tattoo shops are not even inspected which is so scary to think about yeah um it's there's like you have to be really conscious about the artists that you're connecting with the the shop to even like receive a tattoo that's like done safely which is crazy to think about because everyone has tattoos like right everyone's mom has tattoos like right it's just it's become like such a normal standard thing wow so when you decide that you're making this your purpose and you get that clarity and you get that download and you're off to the races essentially with Mm -hmm. what you want to be doing do you then have to learn all of this and get the licensing and and figure out Mm -hmm. all of that was that overwhelming to you how did that no no that happened just it was just like another thing I I mean the I think like I mean having a license is really good like I wanted to do it like for myself but I also know like it's really just so you know like the health and safety regulations which are really important but there's no formal like training training of tattooing yeah so you want the license so you know how to practice safely but the learning is like if you apprentice with like a tattoo artist or you teach yourself like most artists teach themselves did you 
you know, your first couple sessions with clients that were not your friends and people you didn't know, mm-hmm. do you ever have fear, anxiety, or let the the client's fear or anxiety impact you at all? Like you're doing something that's, you know, permanent on their body. I never really have been anxious about that. I, you think that I would because it's a permanent thing and I just, because I, I just knew that I was supposed to be doing that. I yeah. didn't have any doubt around it. So I wasn't like, you know. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about soul tattooing, which I think is so cool and so alluring is that usually with I know some people I guess who have gone to a tattoo artist and been like oh, do whatever you want mm-hmm. but usually for the most part people that I know go to a tattoo artist with a very specific either design or they design something and have them recreate it or mm-hmm. a picture or whatever but for the most part and I want to hear the process like what is the process of, of getting a, a soul tattoo I would love to tell that on the podcast but you know for the most part I think or my perception from reading Dina's article and from um, you know what I've learned about your work has been that you re- people come in without any design and mm-hmm. not even the location on their body and you prescribe that because it's a healing thing mm-hmm. so someone like me I I just got on the wait list for three years from now. <laughs> the three year wait list. Um, but anyway, I've never gotten a tattoo. Mm-hmm. I've been curious and always wanted one my whole life. And then as soon as I saw you, I was like, oh, that's that's how I'm getting my first tattoo. Whenever it happens, it's gonna have like that. That's just how it's gonna happen. And but I still have like I feel like I would be your nightmare client. Of, I would come <laughs> in just I would be nervous. Like I would be nervous. I mean, everyone is nervous a little because it's. I don't think anyone gets a tattoo and is not nervous. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. I'm not a lot. I feel better. I'm not a nightmare. Okay. No. So how? So is it kind of? Uh, yeah. Walk us through what the process is. With okay. So um, we usually start. It really is different for every person. Like depending on their energy. Like mm-hmm. if someone walks in and is really nervous, like it might start differently than if someone walks in like just super chill. So you are you super empathetic and good at? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing like energy work yeah. like throughout the whole entire process. So I'm I want each client to be as grounded and comfortable as mm. possible, and pain free. <laughs> so um, I'm working with them like energetically a lot. But usually we start with like just depending on like you know how the person's energy is. But we'll do like a smudging, like have some tea do like some breath work or a little meditation just to kind of ease into it and get really in our bodies um and then we just kind of dive into the tarot portion which is um the tarot aspect of soul tattooing isn't something that I'm going to have in it forever um I think it's really um tangible people love tarot people love to see it but Really, it's just a guideline for like the channeling, that the channeling process, the what comes through. Why do you feel like you want to remove that? Um, because it doesn't always. What comes through the reading, doesn't always. 
like translate directly to the tattoo mm-hmm. um, because the tattoo is goes a little deeper the tarot is like a reflection of like your journey what you're going through um, you know helps to like identify those blocks but then like the medicine is is more connected to like the the plants that come through to me so anyways we spend like an hour or so doing that having just a discussion it's really um pretty casual it's not like a super intense session or anything um and then I just start drawing and not on them on a piece of paper yeah yeah I'll, I'll start just like drawing on on my sketchbook um, whatever's coming through to me during the whole time like that I'm speaking I'm taking a lot of notes and mm-hmm. I'm doing like numerology and all these things because I like to um, just put a lot of different elements into it um, taking like little like drawing notes of what comes through and then I like just put it together and then um, I'll scan like the energy body and just see what makes sense like for the healing like where um, it should be placed um, because sort of like acupuncture, like the meridians that we're working on, like you'll be shifting energies through that space. So ideally you want it to be aligned with where the most healing, um, is needed, but because it's a tattoo, there's still like, we always will have a discussion. I'm never going to like make someone have a tattoo on their body where yeah. they may not want it. So has that happened before where you've been like I think it needs to go here and they're like oh I really wanted my tattoo here well usually I ask my clients first like are you do you have an area of the body that you wouldn't want it on or um did you have like anything set in mind like because no matter what like during the Reiki portion of this work I'll still be working on that area Mm. so the tattoo might not be placed there but we'll still bring some awareness like to um whatever blocks may be there um but typically it does line up I just feel like tattooing to me is such a it can this is probably bad and not coming from the most enlightened part of me this is probably more and a more egoic thought but I feel like part of it is so aesthetic mm-hmm. and people you know want it in a certain place aesthetically And I can see, I'm speaking for myself, I can see it being like, you know, you saying I need it on my foot when I really wanted it on my wrist or something like that. And wanting it to line up, wanting it on my wrist because that's where I like visually want it. Mm -hmm. Have you ever... the arms and hands, like this, Mm -hmm. you know, the the forearm area, um, it's really easy to align any sort of medicine there because we release through our hands. Um, we have all these like meridians running down our arms. So that's kind of like if, if someone doesn't feel connected to like where I think it should be, it usually ends up on the forearms yeah. because it can be aligned there mm. as well. Yeah, that, that it's so it's this is so fascinating. I'm just, I'm like, taking all of this in I have so many things I have barely looked at my notes because I'm just learning so much so you talked about how you put flower essences into the ink and you use Mm -hmm. all natural ink can you talk about that and how and why non-toxic 
ink was so important to you and and a little bit about that just so people know yeah i mean the same reason why like we shouldn't be using like makeup or you know face products on yeah. our face that we wouldn't really eat and <laughs> you want it you know you don't want to inject your body with something that you want to eat yeah. basically and i don't think you would eat like you know ink with um heavy metals in it or yeah. plastic <laughs> particles uh, the, so there's a lot of danger in the traditional tattoo um actually like the traditional tattoo inks mostly are made from ash, like oh. the um, like how inks have like always been made is a lot of times just plant yeah. ash and different plants. So that is a project of mine for the future. But there is um, a few, only a few inks on the market that don't have those toxic elements. Yeah. What about the pain? I know on your website that's a the, a frequently asked question. So what do you mm-hmm. usually tell people about the who are worried about the pain? Well, on my website I have that um, it's such a mental sensation, pain, and if we are just being mindful and more in our bodies throughout the experience, shifting our awareness, focusing on your breath, you can really like not even feel it. A lot mm-hmm. of my clients will be in a really meditative state um, because of the Reiki too which is really relaxing Um, some people fall asleep only a few clients have fallen asleep but it's depending on like where it is of course there are some areas of the body like if you're tattooing right on the bone or something it's hard to make it completely pain free that is something that I'm working on but for the most part, like there is a way to make it the pain super, super minimal. And it's the energy work and just working with the client to like shift yeah. their energy down. Yeah, cool. So I, I wrote down in my notes that to, to ask what the response has been, but I think we've kind of, you know, talked about how the response has been amazing. And mm-hmm. I mentioned that there's a three-year wait list that I signed myself up for in New York City and a wait list in LA and people want you to come to their cities and you've gotten all this big press. Did any of this surprise you? How have you taken this mm-hmm. on? I feel like what's so awe-inspiring to me and I just am so proud of you even though I just met you like I'm so proud of you and happy for <laughs> you, you is that the speeding up of things that happened when you align mm-hmm. with your purpose it's like yeah it's crazy to me that this was less than a year ago and all of this has happened because like you said you made the space mm-hmm. and then it's like that lady said the universe has, has filled it and there's been the speeding up so yeah did talk to me about how you're feeling about this I mean it's definitely been a conscious effort like I've had to continue to create space whenever I felt like something big was going to come in usually also was a message I need to make room for it Mm. so I'm constantly continuing to create space because I know that this work is really important um and I love working but it definitely has been challenging I am not one like my ego doesn't really love to be in the spotlight or be seen in this way so I've had to release so much fear um so many you know judgments on myself I've had it's forced me to do more of the inner work too because I know that this work is going to 
make me be seen. It's going to yeah. force me to be, you know, and, and where the work is even taking me beyond soul tattooing and how it is now is really being more in, in the light and, and speaking more about these teachings that come through me. Yeah. So I have to, like, get over a million fears every day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. So your hair, I'm looking at you right now, and it's beautiful <laughs> lavender, Thank which you. I love, which is the next color I'm doing my <gasps> yes, hair. Yes, it looks so good on you. I also had pink hair last mm-hmm. November, and you did too, and that was a symbolic cover color, and this lavender is now a symbolic color. Can you talk about that? Yes, I love this question. Um, so I have this amazing colorist. Her name is Roxy Darling, and she does intuitive color healing. <gasps> so it's like amazing it's beyond it's sort of similar how like my work at its core is just an art you know but it's bringing a spiritual aspect into the art so she's doing that with hair is she here in new york yeah she's in brooklyn uh, in bushwick and so yeah i she came to me for a tattoo she was just a client and then she was telling me what she's doing and i was like whoa like i i definitely need that (laughs) like i've been blonde my whole life let me try something crazy and so I went pink and pink is the color of like joy and um, generosity and there's like a natural sweetness to it so immediately you know being the expression of myself with pink hair I attracted this um, you know everyone kind of projected onto me that I was like this sweet kind I mean I am but (laughs) this generous um you know sweet pixie fairy and after a while I was like I don't know if I want to be the the sweet childlike pixie fairy this work is not you know child's work powerful it's powerful yeah so when I, I just got my hair done like three days ago looks beautiful or something and I went to Roxy and she immediately I was like I'm thinking like purple or lavender and she was like I brought lavender because I knew you were gonna want lavender hair and she says that lavender is the master color so when you have lavender hair you um the color lavender actually raises raises the consciousness of of people it's like the the color um therapy of it and she calls it the master color so it's really it's a much more like powerful energy to have as an expression of yourself um but as I step into this work and I'm being more embodied in it and I'm allowing myself to be seen I thought that was important to to feel this energy wow. too so cool I'm I'm gonna copy you and do it it's yeah. like I want I want it to yeah you should go see that. Roxy wow that's so cool I I keep saying this I'm having a great time it's so, it's so funny like I'm a little bit sleepy I, like I said I don't usually do two in two of these in a day and it was the perfect like this is I'm I'm gonna get to the questions I ask mm-hmm. everyone now and I'm really excited to go through them with you, but it's just your energy and being around you really make people feel so cozy and I can just see Thank you. I'm like looking at your workspace and and being with you it's just yeah I I really this is really wonderful before we get to those questions talk about you were in New York for. Five years total? Mm-hmm. Five and a half. Five and a half. Why did you decide to leave New York and move well, to L.A. and travel? Um, I didn't know what exactly the next move 
was for me, but I had this like intuitive download last, like around this time last year, like around the time I birthed soul tattooing, um, that this was going to be my last year in New York or Mm. the, the coming year would be my last year. And I had a pretty strong feeling that I would be gone at the end of summer and I left in at the end of September so yeah. kind of the end of summer but I thought that I would go to California like get like a yurt and just like live you know a mountain lifestyle and like have a, a studio out there but immediately um my guides told me to ex- expand and detach from any expectations I had of what was to come and it's because I'm supposed to be traveling right now yeah. and I'm supposed to not be attached to any place and have a home and my cat's here in Brooklyn so I really miss her but it's um, really expansive to be exploring in this way and getting to see the country and they have this car now her name's Artemis and we've been traveling Artemis yeah. my best friend um back in Michigan has a cat named Artemis oh really yeah, yeah Artemis is the um protector of young women and oh, cool. also like goddess of hunt and everything but does is it your grandma's car that she gave you it's not my grandma's car but what is so crazy is my grandma came to me in spirit and like told me not to get on my flight back <laughs> I had a flight to go home to Florida and I was gonna like buy a car there and then like drive to California you had the I flight had, I had I had two flights that I didn't get on so but whatever it's okay and so the next day like my going away like gathering with all my girlfriends um one of my friends was like oh my roommate's selling her car its name is Artemis and it was exactly what I was calling in. I only had like three things on my manifestation list. Like I wanted it to be white. I wanted it to be a Toyota because they were like super reliable yeah. and inexpensive. And I wanted to have a sunroof and it had those things. And it was from Franklin, North Carolina, where my grandma was from or where she lived. What? Yeah. And it's such a small town. They don't even have like a fast food restaurant or like anything. It's like they have like one like one and all kind of like oh my god thing there and then it's just like mountains <laughs> oh my god okay first of all that's an amazing synchronicity and then mm-hmm. as you were talking I was like why am I so attached to this being part of your grandma and I realized my grandma left me her car yeah. I had I drove my grandma's car oh yeah funny and it was a Toyota <laughs> and it had a sunroof. Oh my god. Yeah, that was very strange. Yeah, my grandma definitely sent me this car, and it was awesome, and I got to drive it through North Carolina and, and through all these places of my youth. I went to um, Asheville, where she died, and, mm. like, somehow ended up, like, accidentally, like, I was trying to find this, like, the best biscuit in town, because, like, when in the South, you eat biscuits a lot, and... And I was, like, across the street from the hospital where she died, and, and I had no idea, like, where I was. Didn't know, like, you know, didn't know my had, way around. half a sleeping pill. And yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, I ended up there, and I was like, wow, this is, I, I felt like throughout this journey, I was doing a lot of, like, soul retrieval work, of like, reclaiming parts of myself that I had lost. And I went to Savannah, like, where I went to school, which is, like, where I was when she passed, and yeah. went... Florida. I went back to Mississippi, where I also lived when I was little. Um, New Orleans, Texas, like made it all the way to California, and, and yeah, it's only been a month wow. <laughs> since since I left. 
but um, I just I felt that I couldn't expand anymore in New York mm -hmm. I had like kind of reached my my limit of expansion um, with this work and how I want to grow it yeah so powerful <coughs> so okay I want to ask you the questions that I ask everyone on this mm -hmm. podcast so just kind of say what comes to your mind today I feel like we're going to be friends forever so you can do the podcast <laughs> multiple times uh, we talk about body image a lot because mm -hmm. of, of my story and I think just women in general deal with body image as something we think about so have you ever struggled with with body image mm -hmm. and how the way I usually frame this question is how do you make you know a bad body image thought not turn into a bad body image day or week mm. or month how do you shift and bring your thoughts back to mm. well I had I grew up with intense body image issues my mom had has pretty intense body image issues so um, she was really um, strict with me. Mm. Um, I had lots of like gaining weight, losing weight, eating disorders, you know, all the, all yeah. the things that, you know, young girls move through. Um, and old girls. And old girls. <laughs> and it really, um, I also, I developed in pretty annoying allergy after college and that made me start focusing on my body in a different mm -hmm. way and it helped me actually connect to my body and um even though it's like it's a nightshade allergy so I can't have like french fries or tomatoes and all these amazing things but I'm so grateful for that because it it forced me to be healthy and yeah. just like take control over my body I think that for a long time I tried to just I never felt comfortable in my body because it was never it never was um I didn't grow up around people who had positive body image even yeah. my grandmother who is such an amazing person she had body image issues too and she never projected them onto me like my yeah. mom but um still growing up around that I didn't yeah. you know I had this idea of like what a perfect body was and if I didn't have that then I would never be perfect yeah. or anywhere near it so um just getting more in, embodied and connected to my body really changed my life and I honestly I don't have those days I don't know when I've had a day Sorry, like that. that um because I'm just comfortable in my skin and comfortable Amazing. in my body and um and you're gorgeous Thank not you. that that should matter in this conversation but yeah. um yeah it it really is just being embodied getting getting in your body getting grounded and how have you what have been the effective things to get you there in mm -hmm. your body getting grounded connecting to my breath has been the most powerful ally for me I just took a breath. yeah <laughs> let's when all I take one everyone yeah. listening Um, Maybe close your eyes, not if you're driving. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Pull over. Mm. That felt good. When you connect to your breath, you shift everything. And when I started practicing breath work, I 
it was so completely life-changing for me and that was only I started doing it like consciously like going to like circles with um one of my really good friends leads them so just go to her circles all the time and that was life-changing for me to just get so connected to my body to my breath to feel like just that I'm a physical being because especially doing this kind of like work that I do where I'm constantly like living in other dimensions when I don't connect to my breath then I can forget that I'm a human sometimes I forget that I to be embodied you know yeah and eating eating really consciously too is really important eating taking time to eat which is really hard when I was working in in Brooklyn and taking clients like all the time overworking as I tend to do I would like forget to eat meals sometimes and that's like the worst thing that you can do yeah I think that's a New York has been New York is interesting with that because the big thing you're there's a busyness here there's an energy here and there's a, a like on a practical level of just and I wonder if you find this but I know for me, one thing I love about New York is that people are apt to go to things and leave their houses more and mm-hmm. do workshops and come to events and say yes to the weird party thing. And to like. And I love that I'm doing that here. And I think we're more apt to do that because we live in such small spaces. So we mm-hmm. want to leave them. But a lot of my days here are like I take my stuff and I have a backpack and I'm like out for the day like I've been out since 9 Mm a.m all over the city and it's fun and it's great but it's a lot of on the go and I think whoever's listening wherever you are I think there's an element of we all get busy as human beings but what you said there about slowing down and taking that time with your food Mm -hmm. is so important and it's like kind of the first thing to go when we're busy often yeah Yeah, just needing to be more conscious about the act of eating the act of nourishing your body taking that time is like sacred time to take care of yourself yeah because that's what it is we need to be doing it and it's one of the few times of day where we have like a physical sensation in our body where like every other physical sensation that happens in our body we're present for you know Mm -hmm. like when you're yeah like anything else that happens in your body like why is it okay with food to be also watching tv and texting and double screening and also you know like if when you're having sex it's like not cool to be like doing five other things Mm -hmm. like why is it you know (laughs) yeah because it's almost like people are just eating to live you know, yeah. just, like, not even, like, eating because, so they don't, like, starve to death, basically, right. but not caring about what they're putting in their bodies. And know? it's such a, we have so few sensory pleasures, so to mm-hmm. deny one of them. It's, like, the best one. Yeah. Food is yeah. amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I want a biscuit ever since you said that. Yeah. Um, okay, another thing we always talk about a bit is feminism and mm-hmm. being a woman in the world and being just a person in the world mm-hmm. and femininity in general so what does femininity and being a feminist and just feminism look mm-hmm. like in your life and being a woman how do you define that how do you act you know your femininity in your life and um 
for me and for the women in my life, it's really just feeling empowered in yourself. I don't necessarily consider myself a feminist. Obviously, I am. But more of the work that I do is just being learning to be in balance with our feminine and our masculine sides because we are equal parts of both everyone is um and you know the the goddess rising like this the feminine movement is you know to attempt to create that balance but it's more it comes back to how we create that balance in ourselves and you know the masculine side is kind of like what energy we're putting out in in a more like um expressive or aggressive way like what we are doing um it's like our work you know and everything and then our feminine side is like how we are being receptive how are we communing with the universe how are we connected to our internal self how are we connected to our emotions and and living in balance with those two energies that are inside all of us yeah so cool okay i could talk to you forever let's (laughs) do the last few quick fire style so just kind of say the first thing that comes mm-hmm. to your mind i'll warn you they get more challenging as we go mm-hmm. okay <laughs> okay favorite color lavender favorite day of the week mm, sunday favorite hour of the day mm, noon one thing you wish more people knew mm. Mm. i wish more people knew about the medicine of the earth Mm. and how much power lies in that medicine favorite flower ooh gardenia what's the best thing you've eaten in the last week mm. well in New York I've been doing what I don't like to do and eating kind of on the go um, but I made a really good lentil soup the other day mm. with fresh veggies from the farmer's market in Union Square. Oh, mm-hmm. that's amazing. It was really good. You're so close by. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite questions because it kind of gives you a picture into someone's life, which I love because I'm nosy. <laughs> but what are your morning routines? So the first three things you do when you wake up in the morning and how that affects how the rest of your day goes? I usually light a bunch of herbs (laughs) a lot of um, when you say herbs like I think palo santo and sage are there other things you're lighting um copal sweetgrass cedars like probably my favorite cool um but I like to just just clear the energy where do you get these at flower power um anywhere one of my best friends like sells has like a e-commerce oh cool thing. Okay. She, she like just me. gives me all the things okay, all the send, time. Me, send me the link <laughs> i will um usually start with that and tea like just consciously like plant medicines are the most powerful ally in my life so starting each morning like with the plants is like if i don't then i notice an effect in my day wow. what's your blend that you're usually having in the morning um, in the morning, I tend to um, make some kind of like chai and we'll use a lot of like medicinal mushrooms like chaga and lion's mane is my favorite. Cool. Um, so it's kind of like my morning thing. Um, I have... I should have brought you some Four Sigmatic. 
Oh, I, will, I love that. Next, next time. <laughs> but the tea that I made for Esk, it's like the end yeah. of the day. So and good. I was like out all day also. And the city is so exhausting. It's passion flower and chamomile. Passion flower is a nervine. So it's good for the nervous system, calms the mind. And chamomile is just like really soothing. So it's kind of like my go-to evening wow. drink. Cool. But I've, I feel like between your energy and this tea, I'm a different person than you walked in here. So I don't know what you gave me, but it worked. It's so good. So good. Okay, what about in the evening at the end of the day? What are the maybe the last few things you do to mm. wind down and shut down at the end of the day? I do a lot of stretching, like yoga at the end of the day because I have to I'm <laughs> um, doing... Like, if I have a day where I'm doing sessions, I um, tend to hold a lot of energy in my body. So I have to, in order to, like, sleep well, I have to do a lot of stretching. But um, it's usually more plant medicines and stretching and, yeah. Yeah, cool. How do you handle your relationship with social media, your phone, Mm. technology, what what do you do i go in and out of stages with it like since i've been in new york i definitely have been more active i think it's just the energy here but when i'm in california or when i'm you know doing a lot of traveling obviously when i'm driving i can't look at my phone for like 10 hours in a day which is really awesome (laughs) but um i tend to know when I've kind of reached a limit I can definitely tell its effects on my body and my nervous system so I try to you know not look at my phone like a couple hours before bed if I can if I don't have like any emails to do Mm -hmm. because if I do I won't sleep and we need sleep to function so speaking of kind of your phone and and emails I want to talk about how so this amazing which is how I found you this amazing mm-hmm. article on refinery 29 came out mm-hmm. and then you were I read on social media that you were inundated with so many requests and so <laughs> many emails and it seems like it hasn't stopped which is amazing but also had to be stressful so overwhelming yeah it was how did you handle that well I sort of had like a nervous breakdown <laughs> I had to Aki um, gave me a session and we did a flower essence and just having someone like hold space for me to like process the sudden like huge expansion like I went from you know just starting to book up like you know a month in advance to suddenly having like 400 emails and and having a wait list yeah my mind and it was so (laughs) it was really helpful for her too with the publicity for Minka yeah it was really beautiful it actually it came out on Minka's like one year anniversary Mm. party so it felt like a really special thing that I could also share with a space that gave me so much um and it was it was definitely I was so overwhelmed to say the least and I had to really I put I just decided like okay I'm putting an away message on my emails yeah I'm not going to email anyone for a week and that's just like what I need to do for myself right now so allowing myself because I did sort of have this 
this like sense of obligation like oh my god these people like want this work like I need to respond to them but then realizing like actually no I'm a human being and I need to like take care of myself so or I I, can't do this work if I don't do that yeah exactly so I, I took a step back from like the emails and social media and and around this time, I was, like, getting ready to move. So it was just a very a kind of chaotic time for me. But yeah. stepping outside of New York, I f- was, like, transformed the next day. Like, mm. it was so different you just being away. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So f- the next couple, you're, we talk about the greatest lesson. So just mm-hmm. kind of say the first thing that comes to mind. Greatest lesson on family. Mm, acceptance. Mm. Greatest lesson on relationships. Mm. Mm. <laughs> we didn't even get into that yeah. this podcast. It's next podcast. Um, know your worth. Mm. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Greatest lesson on spirituality, the universe, God, what happens when we die, all of that. Mm. Trust and surrender. Mm. What do you think happens when we die? Mm, we have the choice of what we want to do next. Ooh. Very cool. Very cool. What's something you're afraid of but you're doing anyway? Being seen, <laughs> interviewing for podcasts, video shoots. Well, you're doing amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, this one's really just a way to recommend things in, in different categories. Uh-huh. So I frame it this way, but you can say you know, things you've loved forever or things that you recently are liking right now and that you want to say, and we're going to be friends forever, I mm-hmm. hope, so we can always do this again. Okay. So you're trapped on a deserted island and you can bring with you one piece of music or artist or album, mm-hmm. one um, movie, book, podcast, and a food you wouldn't get sick of. What would you bring? Okay, this is hard. Um, music, I would probably bring either Prince Purple Rain, because it reminds me of my grandma, Mm. or Fleetwood Mac Greatest Hits, because I'll never get sick of it. Yeah, smart choice. Mm. Okay. And what's the next one? Um, movie and TV show. Hmm. movie it can be something you've like seen recently and kind of liked or like something you've loved forever just like something random i think one of my favorite movies ever is fried green tomatoes oh it's so good yeah and i read have you read the book yeah i had to read the book in school and like i really loved it that just like came to my mind because i think it just it's like a feel-good movie yeah i had to watch it's very cozy Yeah. yeah You're not the first one to say that. Several really? people have said that on the podcast, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's great. And what about TV show? Um, well, I just finished Game of Thrones, so it's fresh on my mind. But one of my favorite TV show, it's like my guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. but people will disagree with me. I think it's amazing, but Charmed is oh, awesome. Oh, I love so anything seasons, 90s. So... I feel like that would give me a lot of material. I should watch it. Yeah. You should have, like, a charmed marathon day. I could do a charmed marathon anytime. Okay, I'm in. Done. Mm -hmm. Book. Mm. This is tricky. 
Well, right now, so I, I put all my stuff in storage and I'm living out of my car and the only book that I have is Women Who Run With Wolves. Mm. Um, a lot of people say that too. It's a really amazing book and it feels... I can really relate to it so much at this point in my life in particular. Yeah. I've read it many times, but as I'm allowing like my inner wild woman to just go out into the wilderness and explore and really connect so deeply to myself, it feels like a good ally. So if I was like on an island, yeah. I feel like I would really love it too. Yeah. And there you have another book. You have two. Yeah. What about podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts while you're driving? Not so often. I love your podcast. Oh. I also love the Dream Freedom Beauty podcast. It's really good. Oh, cool. Do you listen to that no. one? I'm going to have to it's check like it out. a lot of, um, there's a lot of like herbalist on cool. there, which is magic beans. So it's, Amazing. It's really, it's really fun to listen to. That's cool. It's very mm-hmm. cool. And food, like a favorite food or food you never get sick of, something that like last meal type food. Mm. Biscuits and grits mm. and strawberries. You're from the South. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had like a Southern biscuit or mm. grits. Mm, I yeah. think we should, I want to go with you on your road yeah. trip and try yeah. all of these things. I, when I was traveling through the South, I ate grits twice a day. Really? And gained some weight, <laughs> but it was really amazing. That's amazing. I wrote this book about journaling, and so mm-hmm. I always ask people... I find writing so cathartic. Is mm-hmm. is writing something that you've ever done or journaling? Do you ever like process through that at all? Um, What's your experience with it? I have used journaling and writing, like creative writing, a yeah. lot as an expression. Um, any writing that I do is is definitely um, a powerful expression for me. But I journal mostly like my dreams and visions and Mm. things that come through me to try to make sense of it or just to get it down so you know later it will make sense to me or cool something very cool okay so you're having a dinner party and you Mm -hmm. can invite five people Mm -hmm. who do you invite alive or dead what do you cook and eat at the party um what do you hope you talk about what do you hope you don't talk about um, so my grandma, obviously, mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks, obviously, obviously. <laughs> um, probably my best friend Susan, she's like the life of any party, cool, she has to be there, um, that's three, let's see, um, probably invite some goddesses like Isis, and, um, who else? I'm happy to come. Yeah, do you want to come? <laughs> I would love okay. to. Thank you. You can be my fifth. What guest. are we eating? So we're eating um, probably like a traditional Southern meal Ooh. because that's my comfort food Amazing. and it's great and you can get really grounded with it. Um, probably some chicken and dumplings and collards. Some yeah, sweet tea. The, like, you know, standard, typical, delicious, fatty foods. Um, Yeah, we're drinking, like, lavender, white wine spritzers Mm. with, like, hibiscus with some magical flowers in it. 
Um, Are we wearing flower crowns? <laughs> for sure. Okay. Yeah, everyone's wearing a different kind of flower. Great. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, the medicine of their choosing. And we're talking tarot and magic and witchcraft and spirituality, traveling through the higher dimension. I'm so honored to be here. <laughs> yeah, we really, it's lots of laughing. That sounds like a goddamn delight. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to be there. Wow. Okay, I'm going to go home and dream happen. of that tonight. Wow. Okay, so the name of this podcast, as you know, is Let It Out. Mm-hmm. So when I offer that to you to let things out, mm-hmm. is there anything that you wished you would have gotten to talk about that you never get to talk about, that you wish that I would have asked? Anything um, that I – did I ring you dry for all of your wisdom? <laughs> this is the time. Um, this is the most talking I've ever done in an interview. So I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, I think, you know, the, the, what I really want to teach through this work is to help people get connected to the earth in a way that's been forgotten. People are not working, like the earth has all that we need to mm-hmm. survive and, and, you know, and, and to heal but people aren't consciously connected anymore and that's why you know the earth is now you know the mother is doing some crazy shit (laughs) disasters and all these tragedies that are so terrible but if we were you know creating more of a conscious connection being grateful for all that she gives us listening listening yeah creating a balance of like what we are taking and what we were giving then we could live you know more balanced and more Mm. connected and more grounded and yeah just have a better quality of life as well oh my gosh thank you so much for doing the podcast and taking the time you are so smart and wise (laughs) and tuned in your energy is really 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 great and I'm actually really happy that the timing ended up being what it was and Mm -hmm. my energy was kind of sleepy and it's the evening and just I think it turned out to be a I'm really proud of this conversation and I feel like it's really good thank you thank you so much I'm really honored to be Mm. a part of this thank you I'm so honored to have you so I'll obviously have all the links in the show notes and I'll have Mm -hmm. talked about you in the intro and but is there anything specifically you want to send people to? I know your wait list is a million <laughs> miles long. But. Um, well, what I'm working on now, I am working with, like, you know, putting out my own plant medicines, which, you know, I have so many projects that I'm working on always. But Certainly. Um, that's one that will become available soon and, you know, get people to work with the medicine that I'm providing, but through, like, a different way um i'm also working on a maybe even by the time this is up i'll have it but it's going to be kind of like a soul tattoo community on my website where people can come and and discuss this work discuss like how you know what the work has brought to them how their lives cool. have shifted and just create a conversation for people and that will also um just like kind of create a way like a clubhouse yeah it's like a fun hangout 
on the I internet. I love that. <laughs> of people who all have this cool matching thing. Yeah, because what I found through this work, it's so beautiful and cosmic that people who have my tattoos find each other in any way. Like That's through really just cool. like I think just like the energy of, of the work and well it's like we're attracted to to it mm-hmm. so we're probably attracted to each other yeah it's been like really awesome to see the like web already forming but yeah. now that I'm like expanding myself like to other places to kind of create that web everywhere Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you liked it as much as I loved recording it. And thank you so much for being a part of this community. Join the Facebook group if you want to know more. Definitely keep in touch with Ash. Follow her on Instagram. And at the end, after I talk about the sponsors one more time real quick, I'm going to tell you about the emoji for the episode. And the emoji is just this fun thing I do where if you're still listening to me rambling by the end, I know that you're still listening. And then we have the secret code that you can comment on my Instagram, on Ash's Instagram, at me on Twitter, and then I know that you're still listening and it's just a really special moment we get to have together. Okay, so first up, I just want to say I have a little wishlist gift guide on the website, on my website, so if you want to check that out, it's probably too late for gifts, but you know, you can treat yourself to something. I'll put that in the show notes. And join the Facebook group if you want to. That's a great way to connect with people. I am so excited to be getting my soul tattoo in the new year. And if you want to know more about Ash, keep in touch with her on her website and on her social media. And again, thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy almost new year, but I'll talk to you next week for that. And I really love you guys. Safe travels. And thank you so much to Bob's Red Mill. If you're baking this time of year, it's perfect to use their products. They have the highest quality, organic, gluten-free, stone ground products, almond flour, coconut flour, oat flour, whatever kind of flour you want, and oats. I love their muesli. Everything is high quality, minimally processed, and their stone ground farm in Oregon. And if you want to get 25% off your order, go to bobsredmill.com and use the code Let It Out. That's the name of the podcast, Let It Out, no spaces, for 25% off your order. Thank you, Bob's Redmill. Also, thank you so much to Juice Beauty. You might remember a couple weeks ago I had the founder Karen on my podcast. And Karen believes that women shouldn't have to choose between their beauty and their health. And every product that they use has a health benefit. So even though it might be makeup that's making your skin look luminous and gorgeous and beautiful, it also has a benefit for your health. I love their products. I use their makeup. I use their green apple cleanser every single day. And I love them so much. If you want to get 15% off your order, go to juicebeauty.com slash let it out. That's juice, beauty, juice, like just like the stuff you drink, beauty.com slash let it out for 15% off your order. All right. Thank you, Juice Beauty. Thank you, Bob's Red Mill. Thank you, Ash, for doing the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. Send it to someone in your family. Maybe you tweet about it. Maybe you share it on Facebook. Maybe you leave a review on iTunes. All of that really helps a ton. 
Okay, the emoji for this episode is your favorite flower. We talk a lot about plant medicine, so your favorite emoji flower. My favorite is the pink one. It's the one that's light pink. I don't know what kind of flower it is, and if someone wants to tell me, that would be great. But maybe yours is the tulip, or the sunflower, or the one that looks very Hawaiian. I don't know. Tweet at me any flower you want, or a combination of flowers, and make me a whole bouquet. That would be great. I think there's actually a bouquet Instagram emoji as well. And by Instagram emoji, I just mean emoji. I'm a little bit tired, so I'm going to stop recording now, but I love you guys. Bye. Mm.